Seems like a perfect opportunity to talk about tithing. But actually, this gospel isn't about that. Uh, The gospel is really about discipleship. I think the first thing we have to confront is, or understand, why were the disciples astonished? They're astonished, Jesus says, you know, how hard it is for one who has wealth to enter heaven. They're astonished. And then Jesus doubles down and, and says, yeah, yeah, it's really, really hard for one who is rich to enter into heaven. And now they're exceedingly astonished. Let this idea sit with you. At the time, it was believed that if someone had wealth, it was because they were good and they deserved it. It's a different kind of mentality than perhaps we might think today. Not that somebody isn't both wealthy and good, but that because of their goodness, God had blessed them with wealth. So at the time, now, now there was a changing mentality about this um, that was going on at the time, but there was still the idea that if somebody was righteous, if somebody was good, if somebody was faithful, God would bless them materially as well, and, and also with good health, right, et cetera, if they were if there were, which many were, if they were a farmer, God would bless them with abundance and abundant harvest because of their virtue, their righteousness. They would bless them with health because of their righteousness. And God would curse people because of their lack of virtue and therefore take away their wealth and take away their health. This was one of the ideas. So when Jesus tells the apostles Look, if somebody's wealthy, it's going to be hard to get into heaven. They're saying, well, wait a second, who can be saved? Those are the good people. All of the wealthy people are obviously the best people in the world. Just let that sit with you. I mean, we just don't make that kind of distinction today. It's not that some of the best people in the world also are wealthy. That's very possible. But we would never make that generalization. But they did at the time. They thought, well, if God had blessed them, how could, if they're not going to get into heaven, they're the righteous ones. How are we? Who can be saved? And we go back then to this interaction that he has with this young man who comes to him and he wants eternal life. How do I get into eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know, you, the commandments, duh. I mean, everyone knows the commandments. And the, the man says, well, yeah, I've done all that which is amazing in itself. Since my youth, I've been faithful to the commandments. Okay. And he says, what else? And Jesus looked at him, and we hear that he loved him. Which is kind of interesting that the author puts that in there, that Mark puts that in there. He looked at him and loved him as though he was looking deep into his soul. And he loved what he saw, and he knew what the man needed, but also knew the man probably couldn't do it. Nonetheless, because he was asking, this man needed to sell all he had, give it to the poor, and then follow Jesus. That's what this man needed. It wasn't because he was wealthy. It wasn't because he had a lot of possessions. The problem wasn't that he possessed things. 
It was that the things possessed him. There is nothing moral about money or possessions. They are non-moral. They have no moral quality in themselves. The only moral quality that begins to be attached to them is what we attach to them. And quite frankly, when we become attached to them, they become a distraction. So the rich young man was, was doing, you know, he's a pretty good guy following the commandments. But he could not give himself over to Jesus because his things got in the way. There were distractions. St. Teresa, the more we have, the more we have to worry about. And it's true. The more we have, the more things that clutter, clutter up our lives, the more things we have to pay attention to, and the more distracted we get from God. There are so many distractions in life. I remember uh, one time I was in the, on, the, on the East Coast waiting for the subway, and it was, it was at one of those stations where there's like, you know, 300 people. You know, and it's kind of dark, and you're underground. I remember looking around at all the people, and all you could see was this glow on their face because they were all doing this. And no one was talking to each other. There's like 300 zombies looking at their phones, checking their Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. And maybe the guy next to him had just posted. I don't know. But they weren't talking to him directly. I've had such interactions even in my own family. Go, go over to uh, spend some time with the family and, and we'll all be at times, not all the time, but you know, there's certainly been times where we'll be sitting there and everyone's doing this. And I've and then I'll, <laughs> and I'll see my uh, two oldest, uh, my niece and my nephew, and they'll, they'll be laughing. They'll be like, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. They're looking at the same stupid thing on their own phones, right next to each other, you know. So many distractions. Now, material wealth can become a distraction. Having more doesn't make a person better. Yeah, it might make them better at making money. But morally, it doesn't make a person any better. And there's nothing wrong with having things. I've had, uh, it, it's really interesting. I've had people ask me throughout the years, Father, I'm thinking about getting a new car. I'm praying about it. What do you think, God, you know, how, how should I discern whether to get a new car, blah, 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 prayer. And um, I tell what do you think? I tell them, I, I don't think God cares. I don't think he cares what kind of car you get. Really? No. Get the Beamer. <laughs> I don't think he cares about what kind of car you get. I think he cares what you think about the car. I don't think he cares about whatever it is you buy, but does what you buy end up possessing you? Does the thing give you value? Very often, this is the problem, is that the things, people put so much value into them that they end up believing that those things give them value over and against even other people. And you just think about that sort of anthropologically, you know, understanding the human person, like that I would get my value from an external source in itself is a problem. 
if it's another person, even more so if it's a thing, that we would get our value from a thing? It's actually kind of degrading when it comes to human nature that we would seek our value from a thing. This is the problem that Jesus constantly points out. The problem is not having material wealth. We need people who have material wealth. We need people, who, you know, not just for their, their contributions to the good of society and charity, but also their creation of jobs, etc. I mean, these are very valuable contributions to society. But we don't need more people who, whether they're wealthy or not wealthy, by the way, who begin to find their identity in material things. Because really what the Lord is talking about has nothing to do with how much you have. He's talking about how much the things you have, have you. He's talking about the possessions you have and whether your possessions, our possessions, possess us. There could be some other things too, just a couple of examples. Distractions. It could be things. But there's also all these anxieties and fears that people have. You know, there's some people who will watch the news all day long. Breaking news. Three minutes later, breaking news. It's the same thing. Boom, breaking. It's almost like they've hired a bunch of psychologists to tell them how to keep people addicted to the news. Breaking news. There's nothing new. It's the same thing they said 15 minutes. Breaking, watch me, watch me, watch me all day long. Fill up with the negativity. Fill up with whatever it is we want you to believe. Yes, I'm a cynic. They all do it. Doesn't matter with the channel. And then, the end of the day, you're all anxious, fearful, talking to your friends. The world's going to, you know, it's horrible out there. Everything's horrible because we filled up with all these distractions which are really meant to just keep us hooked and addicted. Other distractions, people can be distracted by their health, fears about their health as they grow older. They can be distracted by, you know, am I going to have enough? I'm retired and, and do we have enough in savings and in our, in our um, investments? And it's not that a person shouldn't be responsible It's that a person can be so consumed by the anxiety and fear that they're not trusting Jesus. That there's not a healthy balance between being responsible and trusting the Lord. These are just examples. Um, I don't know, you know, any of you. I mean, I know what's wrong with the deacon, but I... (laughs) I don't actually. I know it's wrong with me. I know it's wrong with me, I think. But it's important for us to look at our lives. This is what the Lord wanted the young man to do. Look at your life. What is holding you back? What has become a distraction? What is no longer serving your relationship with God? What is no longer serving your faith, your trust, your true dependence on Jesus Christ. And if we can clear away that clutter and just let it go, let go of the psychological uh, attachment, as well as maybe even just let some of the stuff go, 
Our Lord is saying that then there will be more room for him. And then there will be more room for true fulfillment. Please stand.